This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. NASCAR America, it is playoff media day in Charlotte for the Xfinity Series, but we'll hear what the drivers have to say about the start of their playoff run. Scott Dixon was just crowned IndyCar champion for the fifth time. He will join us as he joins some of Motorsports' elite company. And the stakes were high in Las Vegas, but the outcome was not what many playoff drivers wanted. We will turn up the scanners to hear how it all went down in Sin City. A packed show today as we welcome you into NASCAR America, Carol Lomano, Kyle Petty. We have Jeff Burton alongside as well. Jeff, what was your biggest takeaway from the cup race in Vegas before we get to everything Xfinity? I wish I'd have bought stock and steel before the <laughs> race. Uh, they tore up enough stuff. I'm sure the price of steel went up. I, I was shocked that uh, in a race where we kept talking about how important it was, I was afraid that the drivers were going to be afraid to make a mistake because you have a three-quarter mile short track coming up, and then you have a, a road course coming up that's a huge unknown. I was interested to see if drivers just went out and tried not to make mistakes, and we got the exact opposite of that. We got this incredibly aggressive racing, uh, you know, from about the third way mark on, and I just was, it, it, I left there thinking, these guys all, no matter what situation they're in, they're all feeling a sense of a little bit of desperation, and that kind of surprised me just a little bit. Do you think recovery or salvageable days will be as easy as we move forward, specifically at Richmond? No, I don't, I don't believe Richmond. I don't foresee guys. We, we saw the, the, the 42 of Kyle Larson. Uh, we saw Kyle Busch spin and recover and come back and finish seventh. Uh, we saw Ryan Blaney get into the wall, come back and finish fifth. Uh, when you have those type of incidents happen this next race at Richmond, you don't go one lap down. You go two or three laps down. Uh, and now you've moved to the back of the pack and you don't get the lucky dog and you have to take the wave around. And then you're at the mercy of the caution gods on when a caution comes and whether it falls at the right place. So uh, recovery for the next two weeks uh, may be a word we don't speak very often. We'll have more on that later in the show. We're going to talk about strategy, who needs to be really aggressive, who needs to play some defense in the Cup Series as we head to Richmond. But let's turn our attention now to the Xfinity Series media today. Uh, 2018 playoffs getting underway. Uh, two drivers. Drivers have only two more shots at securing their spots in the round of 12. Let's look at the playoff leaderboard here and just see uh, where everything shakes up right now. you got 12 drivers starting their run for a championship, and we're going to hear from a number of them today. Elliot Sadler, one of those drivers in his final playoff run, having plans to retire after the season, he's with Marty Snyder. Well, Carolyn, welcome to Xfinity Series Media Day as we kick off the playoffs. And for Elliot Sadler, he kicks off the playoffs on, on maybe a sad note, Richmond this weekend. <laughs> of, of all the goodbyes in the final season, 
is this one at Richmond, your home racetrack, the toughest one? That's a good question. It's probably going to be my most emotional one. And, you know, my kids are involved in the pre-race. And uh, oh. it's going to be a lot of family and friends that are going to be there at Richmond this weekend to cheer us on. So I'm happy it's at home so everybody can enjoy it, but also know the pressure that's going to come with it. Over under on tickets you were asked for for this race? I'm at 25 so far. <laughs> Dennis, Dennis has been good to me uh, with 20, 25 tickets so far. But, look, I'm happy, man. A lot of people want to come, you know, watch our last hurrah there. And, you know, I, I got to be smart. Uh, we are in the playoffs, but I really want to win a race there as well. So I got to know what I'm doing and, and restarts and things like that and kind of take care of my car and, and all the things that come with Richmond. We ran very good there in the spring. Yeah. All of our cars should be good there. And uh, we're, we're going there with high hopes, definitely. All right, let's talk about a conversation you and I had, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, and you said – we haven't won the season, but in the playoffs, we're going to have to win to make it to the championship four. Why do you believe that? Yeah, I, I mean, Justin and Christopher have pretty much told us you're going to have to win to advance. Um, they have been extremely fast, especially here lately. I mean, they got nine wins between them. Mm -hmm. um, they're coming to some tracks that when we get, especially to second round, that, you know, Justin's really going to be good at. Christopher's going to be good. I think you're going to have to win a race uh, to advance to Homestead. It'll be close. Or either have a really good cushion, and uh, Cole Custer runs really good on those tracks. Mm -hmm. Hemrick has been good on the mile and a half lately. It's just some of these guys are going to have so much speed. I think you're going to have to win one of those races to make it through. Is it that you have to win to advance, or is it because that points gap they've created in the regular season is so difficult to overcome? Yeah, well, I honestly think that those two have made it to Homestead, in my opinion. Um, I think the rest of us are fighting for the last two spots, and somebody's going to be on the outside looking in. A really good race car driver with a really good team is going to be on the outside looking in. But I honestly think Justin and Christopher have made it to Homestead. It's just rest to the, uh, the rest of us going to have to fight for those final two spots. Are there things you've learned in the last two championship four rounds that you can say, hey, if we get there again, and we're going to apply this this time. Yeah, we, we have. It's some things I've learned through the playoff run, I, I think, that uh, helped me get there last last year, especially after losing the first year. And I'm going to try to apply that again this year. I, I think as a driver, you just kind of understand not to get too high, not to get too low, to kind of stay even-tempered because uh, the intensity is definitely ramped up and you can get yourself in trouble here really quick. And next thing you know, you're digging yourself out of a hole and fighting an uphill battle, and that's something you definitely don't want to do. Well, Elliot Sadler, no doubt one of the championship favorites, but first, that last home race at Richmond this weekend. With Tyler Reddick, and Tyler, you and I talked after Vegas about how you guys feel like you've had the speed in your car. The finishes maybe, though, have not been what you want or feel like you deserve. So we get ready to start the playoffs this week. How do you change that and get the finishes that you want? Well, it's just kind of go back to the fundamentals. We had the, the previous two races before Vegas, and that's just run run our own race, not make mistakes. Yeah, we want to we wanna do everything we can to lead laps and, and get the best stage finish as possible, but just get the most out of our event and don't go over the limit and put ourselves in a position like we did at Vegas. Uh, where we have damage early and we're basically fighting back all race long because one we don't get stage points two um you know we're never really getting a chance to work on making our car better we're just trying to get our car back to where it needs to be um and then three if something does happen like what happened at the end of vegas you, you walk away with zero points so uh, we just gotta have more complete races and these stage points are gonna mean even much more um in each of each of these rounds especially for everybody from pretty much from fifth on back being so tight um these stage stages are gonna be the the key part to making it to the next round of the playoffs three very different racetracks in this first round which one are you looking forward to the most uh dover uh junior motorsports has an unbelievable um unbelievable setup there all of our cars are really good they they work really hard at at that racetrack and we always come there with really good speed 
um, and in the spring uh, for the Dash for Cash race, you know, it seemed like the top three at one time were all junior motorsports cars. Um, and unfortunately, we slid right back to fourth there. So we know when we go to Dover, we'll be racing against uh, my, you know, my other two teammates uh, in, that are in the playoffs as well. So we just uh, we just got to keep our heads up and be smart when we get to that race. We don't want to put ourselves in a, in a must-win situation when we get to Dover. Uh, we just want to try and alleviate all the pressure possible because there's going to be a lot these these first three races. Alleviating that pressure starts this weekend at Richmond for Tyler Reddick. Carolyn. Yeah, absolutely, Dylan. And Marty and Dylan are going to be at Xfinity Media Day all day. We're yeah. going to be hearing from a number of drivers. Listen, the playoffs are here, and Elliot Sadler said it best. There are going to be drivers who are really talented on the outside yes. looking in. He knows something about that. He has been right there. Now this is his final go-round. What's it going to take for Elliot Sadler to, to go out on top? That's a great question. Um, and, and if Elliot Sadler had the answer or I had the answer, I would call him and tell him what the answer was. Uh, but he's been so close, so close, so often. Um, he's almost like the Mark Martin of, of, of this series. Mark finished second so many times in the championship and finished second uh, so often. Didn't doesn't change that Mark Martin's not one of the greatest race car drivers that ever sat in a, in a stock car, or that Elliott Sadler's not one of the greatest race car drivers ever to come through the Cup Series into the Xfinity Series. But we see right here, second, second, uh, from 2011, second, yeah, second, fourth, third, sixth, just uh, just gets right there. And and I think he said it best there. I've learned stuff the last couple of years. If you look, 2016, 2017, don't get caught up in the moment. Run your race. Don't get caught up. Don't get overhyped. Just run your race. So I, I think he's probably mentally in a better place this year, but he's going up against a couple of guys in Christopher Bale and in Justin Algar, and we heard him mention those two guys I, that he believes they're already in Homestead. He's going up against two guys that are having career years. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think those two are, unless something catastrophic happens, those two are going to move on and. Uh, I think for Elliot, I think it's just survive, you know, just survive in advance. You don't have to do anything great. Uh, you know, you don't have a cup drivers in these races. Uh, just go out and run well and, and use your experience to not have bad days. And I, I think much like the Cup Series, I think, you know, what looms and what they're all afraid of is next week on the road course. It's, that is such an unknown. Uh, they've not been able to test. They do have an open day of testing there uh, next week. But I just think that's such a huge a huge deal, but I think that falls into an advantage for him. He's a good road racer, uh, and also he has the mentality it's going to take to to have good races. So if he just can survive in advance, uh, yeah, he'll find his way to Homestead. Oh, coming up next, we're going to head back out to Charlotte. We're going to hear from Ross Chastain and Daniel Hemrick. How did they assess their chances at this championship run? More breakdown of what's ahead in the Xfinity Series playoffs and more driver interviews when we come back. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Tomorrow, Kyle Larson is a special guest on Wednesdays with Dale Jr. Larson joining Jr. Rutledge Wood and Dale Jarrett at the Big Oak Table at 5 p.m. Eastern. But today is all about the Xfinity Series, the playoffs about to get set. So let's go back to Media Day and check in with Marty Snyder. Well, Daniel Hemrick trying to make it back to the championship for him in 2018. So I want to know kind of what you feel like the strength of the 21 team is right now. I think it's just execution. I think um, on the raw race car, race weekend side of things, everyone on this 21 team are 
doing the things we have to do to put ourselves in position. Um, haven't been on the winter race, but we've been able to do all but that. Um, even on the weekends where we don't unload, it's rebounding through practice, through qualifying, through the race, to whenever you get down to when the chips are on the table that we find a way to put ourselves in position. And uh, that's what's going to be about as we go through the playoffs. Seemed to me late July the speed was there to win races, and then I saw it at Chicago or at the Las Vegas as well, where you guys had the speed to, to be able to win the race. What kind of happened in the middle? You think? Uh, I think just you know, kind of ebbs and flows of racing itself. Uh, you do this long enough, you know you're going to have those streaks where you can't do anything wrong, and even if you're doing things wrong, the finish is still there at the end of the day. And as we got through those two months you were talking about, we just we're kind of the other side that we're doing the right things just have a loose wheel or, or get caught up in a late race crash or something that was out of your control and um, that's just part of it. I promise you it didn't take any sleep away from us at night. We knew eventually we'd get back mm-hmm. in the flow of things and I think we got that back this past weekend and look forward to taking advantage of it. You, got, you guys kind of came into the playoffs last year in a similar situation. Not a lot of bonus points yet I would describe the team as scrappy. You found a way to make it to the championship four. Do you agree with that? That's kind of how your race team is and, and how does that serve you well this year in the playoffs? Yeah, I like that scrappy word. That's a good way to put it. Um, no, I, I think that that kind of is a testament to the entire 21 team. I feel like all of our guys are just racers. Most of them have either, either drove race cars at one point or, or been on the competitive side where they understand and they know what it takes to win races. And it's cool to share that between a group of guys and know that no matter what happens, um, win, lose, or draw, that they got my back. And I wouldn't want any other group behind me. It's, uh, it's going to be a fun run at it. All right, as you look at the playoff schedule, give me a racetrack that you have circled. You're like, ah, we're going to be good there. And one you have circled, we're like, oh, I'm a little worried about that place. Uh, Richmond, for sure, is one that I've had circled since we raced there in the spring. Uh, it's where I got my first Xfinity Series pole at last year. It's where uh, we were able to go this year, lead laps, had a flat tire lead in the race, and took us out of contention. And that place owes us one. And everybody keeps talking about the Roval, right? <laughs> that's, the, that's the question mark that nobody really knows about. Um, we got to go into it and just try to maximize our day and, and race our race and see what it gives us. One advantage Daniel has over everybody else here at the Roval, he's the only Xfinity Series driver who was able to test here because he's going to run a cup car when they run the Roval as well. This guy's been one of the most talked about guys in the entire sport since his win last week. And congratulations, are you off cloud nine yet? It, man, it really doesn't feel real. I actually woke up Sunday morning um, before my alarm went off to go to the track for, to run the cup race, and about 20 seconds went by, and it hit me like we won. And I was like, oh, my. And I said it out loud, like, we won. Like, oh, wow. So it's um, still, though, it's been full speed ahead for Richmond. Um, so all that will have to come at, a, at another day. Back in the 42 this weekend, how do you manage expectations based on the two runs you've had in that car so far this year? I mean, they're high, obviously. Um, the team's been a little uh, apprehensive to the fact that they, they feel like they still have some work to do on their setups where when we went to Darlington and, and Vegas, they were they were ready, you know, they and they were confident, and it was me that I had to get up to speed in practice and, and give the right feedback. So here um, they said they're, they're, they're pretty interested to see what I think about their setups and stuff there at Richmond um, and try to – try to tune it around what they've learned from me but this track is so different um i've never had a great finish at richmond i've ran well there um, so just trying to manage my tires and um not get too excited i, I struggle with that I, sh- I start rushing the throttle and um just trying to be patient are stage points when you're in the 42 is that something that you think about because I, I thought that was interesting at darlington that that was such a big topic of conversation that those were your first stage points is, is that something that you make a conscious effort to to try and garner as many of those as you can 
I just want to win. <laughs> I'll do anything to win. And if it's a pole, if it's you know qualifying, if it's a first stage, second stage, it don't matter. I don't care what it is. I want to win. Um, so it feels it feels good, right? I mean, that's what we're all here to do. Um, so I, I just I want to win anything and everything that that I can enter into, and that's why I run truck races. I run the Cup car. Um, I just want to learn and be the best race car driver I can. Um, so to run all three races out in Vegas. I was nervous because of how hot it was, but I felt like that would give me the best chance to run the best in all three to be bouncing back and forth. So, um, yeah, the stage wins are cool, um, but that's not what pays the bills. So, uh, but if your car is fast enough, if my if we're good enough in Richmond, I'll I'll do everything I can to to win everything. Well, that's a great attitude to have, and he's going to go after win number two this weekend at Richmond, Carolyn. Yeah, you know, his win was such a huge storyline from the weekend. But if you look at the top 10 finishers from Saturday, eight of those drivers advanced to the playoffs, which should make you feel good about the level of competition, Kyle. When you think about Ross Chastain and Daniel Hemrick and Cole Custer, this group, how would you describe them? Are they wild cards, essentially, in this scenario? That's a that's great. That's a great question because yes, I think a little bit of wild cards. There, there's things that are unknown, um, and and we can we you throw them all in. We said it last year. If Cole Custer makes it to Miami, he was going to be tough. And yes, he won the race at Miami. He just was not in that final grouping at a shot at the championship. So we know if Cole makes it back, that's going to be a great place for him to be. Um, Daniel Hemrick. We heard him talk. I think Daniel's got a little bit different attitude than what Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain says, I just want to win. I love young drivers. You know what I mean? No PR, no BS. I I just want to win races. That's it. I think that Daniel Hemrick is thinking, I need to make it to Homestead. Forget the battles. I need to win the war. Uh, Ross Chastain is, I want to win the battles, and that'll get me to the war. So it's a little bit different approach. But I, I think... All of these guys have the equipment, they have the ability, they have the teams, they have the talent. Which one of these guys will be the guy that makes it? Because I think it's going to be one of, of, of Cole Custer or Daniel Hemrick or, or Ross Chastain that fills that fourth spot. Because I'm really, I really believe, like Elliot Sadler said, you've got Justin Allgaier um, and you've got Christopher, Christopher Bale. Oh, yeah. And I think, I think Elliot Sadler is going to be that third guy. Who do you see as the potential fourth driver, Jeff? Well, I have, I have the series, series broken down in two groups, and, and Al Geyer and Bell, they're in group one. And then I think, for me, it's Elliot Sadler, Cole Custer, and Daniel Hemrick. I think those are the, the next group. And I think the race between to get into the final four will come. They can't all make it, but two of, the three, two of those three will go to Homestead. What I'm really interested to watch is the battle. You know, as you look down the field, the battle between Ryan Reed, uh, Truex, Tiff, Brandon Jones, I think that's going to be a fascinating battle to watch uh, at Richmond. And then look at that 22 car, Austin Sendrick. Who is the best road racer of all of the Xfinity drivers? It's probably Austin Sendrick. And so going to, going to Charlotte next week, I think Austin Sendrick could win that race. Wouldn't surprise me one bit for Austin to win that race. So I think that puts a lot of pressure uh, on, on that other group of people. I think if the three I mentioned, I think if they – just have solid days. I think they're going to move on to the next round. But that next battle, that's going to be fierce. 
uh, from the time they unload and qualify until the time the checkered flag falls. Jeff brings up a great point about Austin Cindric that leads yeah. us to a discussion about whether being a good road course racer will mean anything <laughs> in a couple of weeks, but that's for uh, another day. Um, there's certainly plenty of work to do before that. By the way, if you could not keep up with all of the playoff twists and turns in the cup <laughs> race on Sunday at Vegas, you are not alone. A radio recap on the way with Scandal still ahead. Stay with us. Racing. It's a calling. A need to compete and push beyond perceived limits. It's technical, physical, mental. But winning exists on a higher plane. It's the goal. It's the reward. It makes all the struggles worthwhile. Winning earns respect and admiration. It signifies on a given day you were the best. Winning just a single race is hard, but to win so frequently that it becomes a tradition, well, that requires effort, execution, and sometimes a little luck. Because of that constant pursuit that is embodied by effort equals results, Team Penske has now won 500 times. Our friend Mike Tirico there. Brad Kozlowski certainly hit the jackpot in Vegas on Sunday, earning Team Penske's 500th win across all series. So which other playoff drivers won, lost, or broke even? Let's listen back at the first race of the playoffs one more time as Scandal Vegas. This is it, the first race of the playoffs from Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Championship run starts right now. Got a good car. Got something we can win with today. Get ourselves a little shot in Miami. Last in for the count, so we'll do our thing, show what we got. Appreciate all the hard work all year. Let's go get them. We're underway in Vegas.
cars over 150 degrees inside. Just came by and handed us water and it's warm. I just doused myself with it and I'm like, I can't feel the water at all. And I put my glove up the bottles. It's warm. Everybody's chucking them as soon as they're getting them. It's hilarious over here. So here we go. It'll be a two-lap shootout. Great restart. Heck of a job, buddy. Keselowski way out in front. An eight-car link lead already. If we could have the lead, we'd have been fine. I gotta wait for it to come to me. He'll win in Vegas! Three in a row in Vegas. Cha-ching, baby! Nice job! Great job, everybody! Heck yeah! That's a dog fight all day. Great job on pit road, everybody. Thank you. You know, normally I'm not in favor of complaining, but it has got to be a rough <laughs> hand to be dealt when you get warm water in yes, Las Vegas yes. on a 100-degree day. So Brad Kozlowski earning the first victory of the playoffs, his third straight win, of course, and then the four drivers below the cut line, Jimmy Johnson, Chase Elliott, Eric Jones, Denny Hamlin. So, Jeff, let's think about this in terms of offense and defense. Because when you look at this large playoff field, there's a lot to break down. Who has to go to Richmond and play offense this weekend? Well, for me, I'm looking at people that are in trouble uh, after last week and then also people that, are, that mathematically would have trouble at the road course in Charlotte. So, I think it starts to Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson won this race last year. Uh, he's not a very good road racer if you look at his numbers. So, I think going to Richmond – and running well there, I think, is imperative. Uh, I go a little bit further back, and the ones I have the most concern for are Eric Amarola uh, and Austin Dillon. Those guys, uh, they just do not have good road course numbers at all. Uh, unfortunately, they don't have great Richmond numbers either. So uh, I think that makes Richmond just that much more important. So I think they're going to have to go on the, the, the attack for sure. And then all the guys that had really bad days, I mean – uh, Denny Hamlin, uh, without a doubt, Eric Jones, without a doubt, uh, those guys, they got to go to Richmond and just on full kill. I think that's for sure. And then Jimmy Johnson, Chase Elliott, I think they are in the same boat. So for me, starting at Kyle Larson eighth, I think they all do. I think they all have to have really, really good finishes at Richmond. And of course, they're all not going to. Does that simplify things in any way? Specifically, I mean, for a driver like Denny Hamlin, who you didn't expect to maybe be in this position, Kyle, it's like you just got to go there and step on the gas. Yeah, he's got to go there and win a race. Yeah. Um, I, I, that, that's what I believe. And that, that was a great analogy by, by Jeff. Um, th these guys are in – they're not in – they're not in a safe place. They don't know what to do. What do I do? Do I play defense? Do I play offense? Do I go for it? Can I gamble? What can I do? And, and, and it's interesting. Um, we, we went back and, and went through some stats here. There's only been one guy, um, Newman in 14, um, Harvick in 15, and he won the last race to, to make it on to the next round. Harvick and Dillon in 16 and Stenhouse last year. If you are outside – the top 12 after this first race, chances are you're not going to make it. There's a 70% chance that you're not going to make it. Only 30% of the people outside. So if I look at, New, at, at Denny Hamlin, if I look at Eric Jones, if I look at, at right Chase. here, Jimmy, Jimmy and Chase, only one of those guys 
has the potential really to jump into it if I go by the past history of this. And in one occasion, the guy had to win the race to jump into it. So um, when you look at those four, does Denny Hamlin seem like the guy that could be the guy or is it really hard to tell? No, it's it's look, I look at Chase. I look at Chase and Jimmy Johnson the most. Uh, But those guys are racing a teammate. So you're 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 at that place where it's like, oh, my gosh, you've got to count on and you can't count on it. It's almost going to take someone having trouble that's already in and having a catastrophic day or bad day for you to be able to move in. This is such a strange thing. If we go to Stenthouse, and and a lot of people will remember, Stenthouse, they gambled, they got some stage points, and that put them in the playoffs. So they were able to move out of that bottom four by one point, I think it was, that day. Um, So it's just a strange it's a strange thing. Once you have that first bad race, it's hard to make it up in the second and, and third race of any stage. Not only this stage, which is out of control with the Roval being well, part of it. Well, that seems to be the theme, uh, Jeff, that has been developing over the last couple months is like the Roval is an X factor. And this whole thing is about yeah. minimizing the damage. Which group of drivers do you see that need to go, OK, I need to play a little bit of defense here and just make sure I put myself in good position for the Roval? So, so I'm going to take a different stance than Kyle took because his numbers are 100% right. But I think the mayhem that we saw in Vegas changes the game. So I think three of the four that are not currently in, I think they're going to get in. I think we're going to see a major move uh, from the back to knock people out. So I guess what I'm looking at is who's going to get knocked out because I don't think – I think two races is enough is enough opportunity for, for a guy like – uh, Denny Hamlin, that's really good at Richmond and a good road racer. Uh, a guy like Chase Elliott, who is really good at Richmond and a good road racer. Uh, I, I just think it's. I think they're good enough to move themselves back in. I think Eric Jones will run good at Richmond, and he's a good road racer. So I think three of the four are going to knock other ones out. So I think the people that have to be concerned for me are Austin Dillon, uh, Eric Amarola, those two stick out, and, and I, that Alex Bowman, Jimmy Johnson, guess what? They're competing against each other again. They've competed against each other all year. <laughs> They've kind of run the same, and they're getting ready to do it again. And I think one of those two isn't going to make it. But, um, you know, I didn't think that there would be over half the cars in the playoff in a wreck at Vegas. So, I, you know, who knows what's going to happen? But I just think this year is different. I think that because Vegas was so crazy – you're going to see a shift. You're going to see car teams and drivers coming from the back, knocking people out that are in. I love that he said that, but that yeah. surprises me. And, l- and listen, a- a- a valid points. Every one of those is a valid point. If I go by history, I'm going to stick with my guns and say 70% of these guys do not get in. And, and I'm going to say this, is this, this, this point system in the playoffs works just like racing. Catching one guy, catching a guy is one thing. Passing him is something totally different. These guys have to come from behind to get in the game before they can move up in the game. And right now, these guys are seven, eight points, 19 and 20 points out. I don't see them coming unless they win a race, unless they win a race, or unless these other guys have really bad. But if I'm just throwing them out there head to head, there's no way these guys. So I'm going to disagree with Jeff on this one. But... Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the racetrack every weekend. I'm going to listen to what Jeff Burton says, and then I'll make up my mind. And I'm going to save the tape and write all this down so I can (laughs) figure out which one you guys are right. Because it makes a very compelling storyline heading into these next couple races. Cup drivers very much in the thick of it right now. Pressure, strategy, making it out of that bottom four. However, Scott Dixon, full celebration mode right now. The IndyCar champ making history in his series. He joins us next.
is on the verge of something truly special and significant. Something that hasn't been done in 51 years. Scott Dixon is a five-time IndyCar champion. It's all about the people, you know, and uh, I'm the lucky one that gets to take it across the line, but it's stoked for everybody. Richard, this is mega, man. It's mega. 12, man, 12. IndyCar. Man, this is so awesome. I can't believe it. I can't believe that's actually happened. I don't know, you always doubt these situations so much that it's never going to happen, and... Uh, I can't thank everybody enough for, for this, it's so, so cool. And he joins AJ Foyt as the only five-time champions. Well, the NASCAR playoffs are just getting underway. A champion crowned in IndyCar this weekend, Scott Dixon earning his fifth championship. He joins us now. Scott, when you were on the program about a month or so ago, you said that your championships are like children. You can't pick a favorite. <laughs> uh, what does this one mean to you, though? This one feels this one feels fantastic. Um, you know, I think uh, this one because we led the championship, you know, pretty much I think from June-ish. Uh, all that kept running through my mind was how how we can mess this up. You know, how are we going to mess it up? How this, you know, and, and that's the frustrating part. It was hard to enjoy the last couple of weeks just because you're so stressed about uh, what's on the line. But uh, so proud of the team, so proud of everybody involved. Um, and it was this one was really special because uh, our family was all together. Um, you know, Poppy, Tilly, Emma, uh, we're all in one spot, and and uh, to me that was just uh, that was a special special moment <laughs> it looks like you almost didn't survive the uh, hailstorm of confetti after the race the kids <laughs> good problem to have right good problem to have <laughs> I imagine so um, the storyline coming in Alexander Rossi the driver who really had the best chance to kind of spoil your efforts he got into trouble early in the race did that change your strategy at all uh, I think you know the issue that you have there, and 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 you see it quite often in in, uh, in IndyCar racing, is that you know somebody that has a crash first lap, they end up you know changing the front wing three times, you know they have a drive-through penalty, and then they come back and, and win the race, you know because it flips the strategy and you and you end up doing something totally different that you wouldn't uh, have done in, in you know at the start of the race or a normal start. So you know that was what kicked into my mind when I saw uh, you know uh, Alexander go through you know the runoff in, in seven and you know rejoin the track. I'm like wow this is really going to flip their race and, and maybe they've still got a really good shot at it so it's uh it's never over until it's over and and you know at that point until the car makes it to the finish you know you start hearing strange things you're like well is the engine doing what it should or have i got a flat tire you know it's just it's just numerous amounts of things that run through your mind of of uh how it can be taken away but uh you know alex did a superb job this year he's a hell of a competitor um he's going to win many many uh championships i find you know he's uh, he's definitely a, a great talent and and uh, it's good to see the youngsters coming through in uh, IndyCar right now. 50 plus years since anyone stood on top of that mountain number five with five championships. Your footsteps and your footprints are, are right there beside AJ Foyt's. In the history of the sport, how have you processed that? I think I'm still processing it. You know, I think with, uh, you know, the last few race wins and the milestones and, and making it to, you know, third on the all-time list of, of wins, um, you know, behind AJ and, and Mario, uh, you know, and then the process of getting the fifth, you know, and, and kind of on our own little island there, it, it, uh, it's extremely special. But for me, it's made me think of, you know, my early years in go-kart racing and the people that helped me get here and my family. And, and you know, I think for me, that's one of my biggest drives is not wanting to let anybody down that, that uh, you know, because when 
you look at my career, the, the openings that we had and the perfect timings and, and the people that, you know, helped me get to where I am, uh, you couldn't have written a book any better. So, uh, you know, for me, it, it means a great deal. Uh, I love the sport. I love the, you know, the sport of motor racing, uh, but IndyCar with the diversity and, you know, just the different disciplines that, that, that we have uh, week in and week out. Um, but yeah, this one, this one feels very special and, and uh, I feel very honored. All right, I don't know how you've put up with Chip Ganassi since 2002. <laughs> that, that, that's fascinating uh, sidebar unto itself right there. But you've been with this one single team. You talk about people who have gotten you to this point. Chip Ganassi Racing, that organization, him personally, uh, has to be something that you look at and you say, that's just as important, that relationship, as these championships. It is, you know, it's it's family. Like I've been at this team now for 17. This is our 17th season, and um, you know, Chip can can come across, you know, sometimes a bit harsh, and and you know, but he's got a huge heart. And and when the chips fall, and and you know, we've we've gone through tra you know tragedies in the sport, and and he's the first guy there to step up. And and uh, you know, I love his competitive passion, and and it it drives so deep, and and he makes you know, you know, if like if, if you're not doing something that you should be, he he's the first person there. But also when I've you know the first time I crashed a car at the the, you know, for his team, you know, he was the first guy there too. Don't worry about it. We'll, you know, we'll get another car. It's going to be fine. And I'm like, oh, he's going to yell at me. But uh, it's it's uh, it's a fun team to be with. Uh, the competitive environment, the people that are there. That's what makes our team so good. Is is the people, it's the personnel, and everybody from the ground up. And and uh, you know, I love being part of this team, and and uh, hope it continues for a little while longer. Scott, congratulations on such yes. an incredible season. You've never gone five seasons without a title, so we're going to go ahead and pencil you in for some time around <laughs> 2023. Is that Please. all right? Do. I can't wait. Let's go for number six next year. Yeah. Congrats. Good luck, man. Thank you both. Thank you. And don't forget, starting next year, NBC Sports, your exclusive home for the entire IndyCar season, could very well be Scott Dixon on his way to another title. Meantime, back in the Xfinity Series, Christopher Bell battling for the championship. Find out why he says his confidence is quite high heading into Richmond. Well, we know this weekend that the NASCAR playoffs are coming to Richmond, so will short track chaos lead to a surprise in the postseason? We hope so. The Monster Energy Cup Series hitting the track Saturday night, 7.30 Eastern. That one's right here on NBCSN. We hope you're with us. On Friday night, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is back behind the wheel. Racing in the Xfinity Series, his last NASCAR win also happened to be at Richmond back in 2016. So if you don't have plans on Friday night, now you do. Countdown to Green gets underway at 7 p.m. Eastern. If Junior wants to get back to victory lane, he might have his work cut out for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Sorry, yes, Junior. this group. Uh, Chris Rebell, especially, won Richmond earlier this year, looking to start the playoffs with another win, of course, and he spoke with Dylan. Well, Carolyn, Christopher Bell has certainly been one of the cars to beat all season long in the Xfinity Series. Throughout the summer, Justin Allgaier has kind of come on as, as another one of the cars to beat. Do you still feel like you're one of the guys to beat when we get to Homestead? I hope so. I think it's just a matter of the racetracks that we've been at. The regular season schedule did not really lead into my favor going into the playoffs. Um, haven't really been able to carry a ton of momentum. I hate the word momentum, so I'm going to say confidence into the playoffs. But uh, we've got great racetracks coming up for us where I should be able to regain that confidence. With the Roval being the second race in this round, do you place extra emphasis on Richmond, which is a place you want at this spring? Absolutely. Yeah, it's Richmond's a place where we know that we have the capability of winning, so we need to go there and run strong. What about the Roval? What are your anticipations, expectations for that? As somebody who 
doesn't have a lot of road course experience? I don't know, Dylan. That's a that's a tough question. Um, at the Roval, we'll know a lot more after Richmond of how we need to attack it. Uh, if we can win at Richmond, obviously it takes a lot of pressure off, and I can just go out there and run as hard as I can and maybe win, maybe crash. But if I don't win at Richmond or uh, run bad at Richmond for some unforeseen reason, then uh, then I'm going to have to be a lot more cautious going into the Roval and make sure that I finish the race. As somebody who is, is fairly comfortable in the point situation, at least moving on to the next round, do you focus on trying to win or do you just want to be consistent and, and not have a bad day? No, I I definitely focus on winning. I've never been a good points racer my entire life. I've, I'm just too uh, win, crash, win, crash, and I'm I've got to get better at that. There's no doubt about it. But uh, that's that's my mentality going into these next couple of races, especially where at racetracks where we know we're capable of winning. We need to win. And is it important to have a good first race in the first you know the, the first three races? Well, we've had such a good first part of the season that I think that makes us you know in good shape going into the first race. So if we go here and, and we have a bad race. Uh, the biggest thing the biggest hinder is going to be is for my confidence personally um on top of that man we just need to go out there and win well he's going to try and do that at a place he's won at already this year at richmond this weekend of course the biggest challenger to bell's quest of winning a championship might be justin algar up next justin's going to tell us if he is the clear-cut favorite in the playoffs this year NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Well, after a disappointing loss to Jacksonville, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots facing their old defensive coordinator, Detroit Lions head coach Matt Patricia this weekend. Football Night in America 7 Eastern kickoff is at 820. Sunday, of course, and of course, only on NBC. So we've heard from a number of the Xfinity Series playoff contenders. Justin Allgaier, though, is the driver that's in control. Very solid stretch of summer racing. Yes. Clinched the regular season championship title as well on Saturday at Las Vegas, and he joined Marty Snyder at Media Day. Well, Carolyn, we wrap things up with the Xfinity Series regular season champion, Justin Allgaier. Got that big trophy, got a lot of extra points with it. How many times have you pinched yourself throughout the season to say man I can't believe this is all happening a lot you know unfortunately in my career um, you know up, up until last year I'd only won maybe one race a year at the max last year we won two which was spectacular but to, to be able to win five races this year to have the regular season championship to just be as successful as we've been this year it, it's been amazing so a huge testament to the guys back at the shop everybody that works on the seven team it's been so much fun just driving this race car this year that uh, I don't want it to end. I, you know, I know that the playoffs are starting, but I don't want the regular season to end because it's been so much fun in the regular season. I want to know what's clicked with you. What is, what is different this year than has been in the past, and, and why the ability to all of a sudden close all these races? I wish I had a good answer for you. Really, nothing has changed. Uh, you know, from from my end, uh, from the team's end. You know, everything everything is is kind of progressing the same way it has the last few years. The biggest difference for us has been execution. From our standpoint, that's the big difference maker. You know, if you're if you're not out there making laps and, and pushing yourself to be in the top five, top ten, um, it just doesn't work. And, and so the guys have done a great job of helping me do that. And uh, it. it for sure has been, a, has been a great thing. We've talked to a lot of drivers today, so I want to know from you, are you guys the team to beat in this championship? 
you know, I, I don't know if we are or we aren't. Um, you know, there, there's so many competitors right now in this Xfinity series that are that are just absolutely fantastic. I don't know. I don't know that we have a clear-cut favorite. I feel like every week, um, you know, the top four or five in the race have been have been the same guys that we're racing with, um, and, and the guys in this playoff. Uh, points, point structure have have all been right there, battling for top fives, top threes, top twos, top wins, um, and I think that that's that's what's made this year so much fun. You know, there's not really been a, a clear cut favorite, I don't think. So, you know, hopefully uh, we can make it to Homestead. You know, that's ultimately the goal, and and uh, if we do that, we'll have a great shot at going for a championship. Well, your teammate Elliot Sadler says you're a lock. You're already in because of your points. Uh, I hope that's the case. <laughs> but you know, as we've seen with with all of these races this year, um, especially this past weekend with the Cup Series, mm -hmm. it doesn't take much to get rid of those those extra bonus points. You love to have them right. and and use them if you need them. But on the flip side of it, you know, anything can happen, especially with some of the races that we have in our playoffs this year. Um, you want to have as many of those banked away as you can. I know you're proverbially standing on top of the world, but you've gotten a lot taller. Yes, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm literally standing on top of a box today. <laughs> uh, not the world today, but i got a box to stand on, so that's good. Well, I'm glad you have the box, and yes, you are standing on top of the world and as a regular season champ. I think you're the guy to beat for this championship, so. so we'll see what happens with Justin Allgaier. Carolyn, no doubt, one of the guys you're going to have to beat if you're going to win the Xfinity Series championship in 2018. Leave it to our handy cameraman. Marty should have taken the knee. Listen, um, he's won three of the five races heading into Vegas, Jeff, and yet he stands there and tells Marty Snyder that he's not sure that he's the clear-cut favorite. Do you think that he is? Um, I think he's a favorite, but but by a little bit, not a lot. And I think a lot will happen this weekend. Uh, when I think about the uh, Xfinity race from Richmond in the spring, uh, Joe Gibbs racing dominated it, and and. Uh, it'll be interesting to see as we go now to more mile-and-a-halves and, a halfs and uh, you know, the racetracks that are coming, can Joe Gibbs Racing with Christopher Bell get, kind of get that rhythm back? And if they can, uh, then it will not be a clear-cut favorite for Justin Allgaier. And you can see how it's gone. One has five wins, one has four wins, laps led. Justin's got a few more for sure. So all those categories, Justin looks like and his team look to be the best. I just feel like Christopher Bell and his team have a little more to go get, but it's going to be really, really difficult to beat Justin Algar this year. And interesting to hear Christopher Bell mention his confidence when he was speaking with us in the last segment multiple times. That, that was funny because he said, I, I don't like the word momentum, so I'm going to say regain my confidence. Uh, this kid's confident. He shows confidence in every turn of the wheel, everything he does. Uh, he shows a lot of confidence, and he shows great maturity. And I, I want to go back to, to Justin uh, a little bit. I think the difference between this year and last year for Justin Allgaier is Justin Allgaier. Dale Jarrett and I have talked about it numerous times. He is having a career year. He had five wins coming into this season. He has five wins this season. It's reminiscent of what Truex did last year in the Cup Series. But I think Justin is at that place where his talent, his ability, his maturity, his intellect, what he's thinking behind the wheel matches up at the perfect time. Uh, and I, I think he has that going for him, where we've got youth and exuberance in Christopher Bale. We've got experience and maturity in Justin Allgaier, and this is a battle. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Jeff, do you see similarities to Kyle's point about the season that Martin Truex Jr. had that he kept off with the title in what Justin Algar has accomplished? Yeah, I do. And, I, and when I look at, at Junior Motorsports, uh, the big uptick in performance has come with that one car. So I agree with Kyle. I think that uh, Justin Algar may not realize it because I don't think you ever do as a driver, but I think that uh, he is operating at his best and his team is operating at their best. And that communication 
it is part of the reason that they've done the way they've done. So, yeah, I, I do see some similarities. And listen, Justin Algars will be very hard to beat. All right, it's just getting underway. The playoffs are beginning. Yes. Everybody's excited. Ready. Our thanks to Marty and Dylan for spending all day at Media Day and bringing us those driver interviews. That is it for us for now. But a final reminder, and it's an important one. Remember, Kyle Larson is a special guest tomorrow on Wednesdays with Dale Jr. Jr. back behind the wheel for the Xfinity Series race this Friday night at Richmond. So a big show ahead tomorrow at 5 p.m. We hope you're with us. We'll see you then. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.